This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Date Night China explores life and love for better relationships in China. Every week, we hear from different guests and dive into dating, relationships, mental health, and how both expats and Chinese people connect with each other here in China. Join the Date Night community through our podcast and events in Beijing and Shanghai, and catch up on all the latest stories on our official WeChat account. Find our account on WeChat by searching Date Night China. No spaces, no capital letters. You can also join our WeChat group by adding Rachel, me, on WeChat. You can search Rachel Weiss twenty two, R A C H E L W E I S S twenty two. And now for this week's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Date Night China. Today, joining us is Samantha, co-host of the From Tops to Bottoms podcast. That's a podcast about experiences with sexuality, feminism, BDSM, queer spec, queer sex, and sex education. Two best friends discuss their journeys towards becoming their sexually liberated, authentic selves. So, Samantha, one of the co-hosts, has lived in Beijing since February 2019, and she's going to share more about the topics they dive into on their podcast and. How her dating experiences in China have helped her own sexual explorations. So, welcome, Samantha. Hello. Welcome. Hello. 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 This is、oh, so weird. This is so weird. This is the first podcast I've ever guested on. Oh, really? So it's really bizarre for me, but、yeah. also quite a relief because I don't have to do any of the editing work. <laughs> You've、so. been on the other side of it, and、yeah. you know the editing work and all the other things. And、uh, now, this is the easy bit. Yes, you just get to talk, and then、yeah. you're done. I just get、yeah. to show up. Yeah, but I'm so excited to have you on. So I've、Thank、been listening、you. to your podcast. I'm excited、it's, to be on for a while. And it's love it. The banter、so、is、fun. top shelf. It、That's、is. You and Cassie have great banter, great energy, and you guys just get into real vulnerable, real shit. Like it's so good. Thank you. That is the best compliment you could have given me. <laughs> we love it. We love it.、Yeah. Can you give us your your intro? You guys have a really fun intro that you just did before we started recording. Can you、oh, do that again? Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to another episode of Date Night China. My name's Sam. <laughs> I, I like it. it. I like it. it. We, we need a snappy. They've got it. Intro,、yeah. because like recently, <laughs> we used to say, you know, hello, China daters, but because like、mm-hmm. our scope has changed, and it's、yeah. a little bit about friendships and just lots of different types of relationships, and- community and relationships.、Yeah. You know, opening with "Hello, China daters." It doesn't. You know, we we we, f- we fear that we might alienate some of our. <laughs> yeah, you really do narrow、daters. that down a bit. <laughs> yeah, and now everyone's leaving as well. So yes,、yeah. all the expats are going. So we need a catchy thing. We'll work on it. We'll workshop. Yeah, if you、it. have any ideas, send something in to us. Yeah. yeah, if you've got yeah. Yeah, workshop it. Yeah, <laughs> but we're excited to have you join us. Can you just briefly tell us about yourself? How long have you been in China? Where are you from? You know,、mm-hmm. what are you doing here? How did you end up here? God, what am I doing here? <laughs> what am I doing here?、Um, so I've been here for about three and a half years.、Um, yeah, I moved here as you said in February twenty nineteen. It feels like I've been here forever.、Um, I teach、um, as a lot of expats do, and. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of fumble through daily life, honestly, <laughs> as、yeah. many of us do. And the、yes. inspiration for the the the,、uh, the podcast. How did you both come up with that? What happened there? So,、um, me and Cassie, my co-host, who now lives in England, she lived in China before I did.、Um, we knew each other from back home.、Uh, we both lived. Close to Liverpool, <laughs>、um, and we knew each other because we both used to do beauty blogging. 
So we knew each other from like the beauty blogging scene. Oh, Um, yes. (laughs) Um, And we kind of didn't really speak much, but I knew she was moving to China and then she moved away. And then a few months later, this is me cutting a story right down. um, A few months later, I broke up with my partner for of like nine years. Holy and crap. I was like, yeah, yeah. And I had just finished growing my hair out. And I was like, I can't cut my hair. What other drastic ass change can I make? So <laughs> the, the alternative was China. It's it was like- how far away can I get from England without moving to Australia? And it turns out the answer was China. Um, and I knew Cassie Fair. was living in China. So I messaged her and I was like, hey, I've just broken up with my partner. Um uh, how hard was it to move to China? And she was like, uh, what? <laughs> and she she's like used to getting messages from expats. Well, not from expats, from people back home being like, you know, I'd love to move to China. I'd love to know what you, how Tell you did me about that. It. Tell me about yeah. it. Like, how do you do it? And then I was the first person who was like, yep, yeah, I'm on my way to get my visa now. And she's like, oh, shit. You're real um, about this. And then I showed up. And like, I was still like going through this really big breakup. I'd spent all of my twenties in this relationship with this really horrible man who is now dead to me. Um, (laughs) Nine years. Yeah. Yeah. All of my twenties. And then Cassie, who's a bit younger than I am. um, She was always very openly bisexual and very in touch with her sexuality. And for me, I hadn't gone through that period of exploration yet. So it was kind of like, it felt like two little worlds colliding there. Obviously Mm. we got on from day one. So like she kind of like opened my eyes a little bit. Like since I moved to China, I went through a big like sexual exploration of myself. I came out as bisexual a couple of years ago, like while I was living here. Um, And it has been a journey. Yeah. I mean, because it's so many things on top of each other. It's like your own personal journey. And yeah. you're in China, which is this whole yeah. other world of everything. I don't think I would have gone through a similar journey back home because for me anyway, moving here, it kind of stripped away all expectations of me. Like no one here fucking knew me. Mm. Um, I could have done literally whatever I wanted. I could have rebranded myself in any way that I wanted. I didn't have expectations of any acts or any way I was just supposed to be. So I could really just be like, all right, I'm going to wear this today and just see what happens. And people wouldn't be like, wow, you're a knobhead. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true though. Coming to China, I think you're, you're away from family pressures or societal pressures or like people knowing you and saying, no, you can't do that. Like that's not your thing. Well, that's some, uh, you you know, we're going to be producing and releasing some uh, videos that we did for Mm -hmm. LGBT uh, Q, um, uh, you know, Pride Month. And, yeah. and uh, so, you know, there's some stories that echo that experience. Yeah. Coming to China and just having all those expectations and that sort of identity mm-hmm. that, that you, may have, you, you may have adopted and yeah. like unwillingly carried. Mm-hmm. And you come to China and it's like a clean slate or yeah. you can explore certain things that you may not have felt comfortable to do yeah. back home. But yeah, it's a common experience, I think, from yeah. you know, moving abroad. I think it does it, it does sound like a little bit cliche, but like I think part of it is because at first anyway, you're so isolated. I don't know about you guys, but I felt very isolated because you don't know the language. You don't really necessarily know anyone here. Yeah. So you really spend a lot of time with yourself and you really get to figure out what do I want? What is it that I want to do? Like... 
not what anyone else wants. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's the ironic thing as well that you're kind of in China and the idea is like, China's super communistic and so yeah. cool. And like, just hearing, like you said, the LGBTQ stories, actually, it was kind mm-hmm. of opening in an ironic way or paradoxically yeah. that you think it's going to yeah. be so closed. But if you find, once you get through that period of adapting to China, mm-hmm. the culture shock, yeah. then then moving on to finding communities that you're like, mm-hmm. oh, there's there's room here for me to be exploring. It's so weird that I felt freer here than I have anywhere else that I've been. Yeah. So, I think yeah. that's the surprising thing about yeah. China when people, I mean... We might get into like the ne- negative as- aspects of of you know Chinese society and living yeah. here, and that clash of culture, yeah. and norms. But it that is one of the things I don't think people back home or whatever they're from could wrap their heads around is like how freeing it can be living yeah. here and liberating. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. It is. So tell us a little bit after you moved here and kind of were ready from your breakup to start dating and and being out again and meeting people in the world of Beijing. Um, how were your experiences dating <laughs> here? And well, <laughs> <laughs> and then how has that kind of influenced the podcast and the kind of topics and discussions you had on there? Well. I've had some doozies, I'll be honest, (laughs) particularly when like the borders were open and people were just coming and going and coming and going all the time. There was a lot of like, I don't want to say fresh meat, but like there was a lot of new people. I've heard other people (laughs) definitely use that phrase. Um, But like one of our first episodes was talking about my very first Tinder date because I didn't use Tinder back home. Um, That kind of came out while I was in the depths of this (laughs) terrible relationship. Mm. Um, So I had my very first Tinder date in China. And wow, that was weird. (laughs) It was me at like 27 years old, like about to jump feet first into the dating pool with little armbands on, like someone help me, please. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was with um, a German guy who... I don't remember where he worked. That's not really... I'm not going to dox him. <laughs> his details... Oh, no. are, we'll, we'll put his details his on at the end of the episode. Is, like contact Mr. German. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like thinking back, he was like super nice. But like the whole date was weird. He, he was like, let me tell you this story about one time I punched a Nazi in the face. And now if anyone said that to me now, I'd be like, Lit, please do tell me that yeah. story. But yes. back then I was like, hmm, okay, I want to go home, please. <laughs> And you're like then, on a first date though, and you're kind of like, oh, okay, what? Yeah, um, but because that was my very first date, and I was really kind of nervous. Cassie like followed me on this date with one of my friends. Did she wear like you know like a, a trilby hat and like glasses, and did she have a big newspaper you know, with like <laughs> eye holes cut out? Well, we went to the bookworm, and she has like a picture on her Instagram of her behind this big book, like looking at us <laughs> on the table. <laughs> She really wanted to be incognito. This bitch could not have been more cognito if she tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we were we we moved from um <laughs> we moved from the bookworm to Blue Frog and we were uh, me and this guy were sat at a table and then about 10 minutes later Cassie and one of my friends walked in and <laughs> he clocked them immediately and he was like if I didn't know better I think these people knew you and I was like ha 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 what people <laughs> No, couldn't possibly. I don't see any people. What are you talking about? Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, but he was like nice. I think I just got a little bit scared because that was the first like date I'd been on. Like a big step, and you're like, 
This and is a lot. We texted for a little bit and then he did the thing that a lot of men do. And he's like, you know, I have this theory about you and girls with tattoos and piercings. And I'm like, what? oh, do tell. And he's like, what is this? I have a theory that you are like being choked and having your titties slapped. Fuck off. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Okay, mate, listen. <laughs> we don't know each other like that yet. <laughs> um, Fun fucking is it, is it like used as a pickup line? Is oh that like God. a... I think he thought it was going to be like, well, shall we find Ooh, out? Let's <laughs> figure this out, yeah. Um, but no, I um, <clears throat> ghosted him a little bit after that. And then I felt really bad about ghosting him. So I got back in touch and I was like, hey, are you still in China? This was about three weeks later. I was like, hey, are you still in China? Well, how's it going? I'm really sorry for ghosting you. You didn't deserve that. And he was like, yeah, 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 you know. Um, and we chatted. He was nice. And then he brought this up again. And I had Brilliant. to, I ghosted Ex- him again. Excellent. How did he bring it up again? He was like, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I've been busy, keeping busy, going to the gym, going to work. So anyway, about the titty slapping. <laughs> about the titty slapping. Except at that point, I was a little bit more confident. And I was like, hey, well, you know, maybe we should test out that theory. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we started like exchanging lewds. <laughs> um and then I ghosted him because I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> um, and yeah, I hope you're doing well. I'm sorry that I ghosted you twice. Oh. We'll if, call, if this German guy's out there listening. Call, put all, we'll call him Hans. Call, put Hans. Hans. I'm oh, sorry, Hans. Hans. Yeah. You're hope nice. You're doing well. Hope you found some, some titties to slap. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a neck to choke. Best, best wishes to in, you. In a safe way. In a consensual mm. safe way. Yes. God, please yes. do your research. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. What a, wow. What a, what a introduction first to the foray of dating in China. Um, I, it's interesting how you started to like, like, what did you say? Something like, you know, a lot of men start like this, so they'll, they'll come up with this theory. Like, I always suspect women, like, you know, like, yeah. is that that common? Some of the things that people have said to me on Tinder, I would never say to anyone ever. I had one man match with me on Tinder who told me explicitly his biggest dream in life was to come in every girl he meets. Fuck. No. I swear to you. No. And I was like, hmm, okay, I don't think we quite match on that one there, big guy. Yeah. And then um, the next morning, he'd unmatched Kel Surprise. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the God, audacity. What? Yeah. Honestly, the what? fucking audio today. Some of these people. <laughs> that's, that's, a weird defini- that's a weird interpretation of a bucket list. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> So when I tell you there are these people out there, believe me, there are these people out there. <laughs> that is, do you think, has it gotten better since the borders closed or has it gotten worse? Oh, now people that are just this, crazier because they've gone stir That's what I crazy. wonder, yeah. I think a lot, of, um, a lot of my really weird experiences were in, in the 2020 quarantine. <laughs> so I'd say... Yeah, that was a period. Honestly, as soon as those restrictions lifted, people were absolutely feral. Nuts. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Nuts. I mean, we've we've said this before on this podcast that like twenty twenty, like round about the, you know, the start of the the, the, pandemic and stuff in in Beijing, it was just like this like wild wild west. Yeah. Know, where we all thought the world was going to end and nobody knew and and work was cancelled and <laughs> we just had all this free time yet the bars were open and it was just. 
Let's fuck everyone and everything we meet. <laughs> no, literally, it, that's it was yeah. a frenzy. Yeah. It was weird. It was yeah. a very weird time in my life. It was, it was a, a very time. strange time for yeah. everybody. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, how is that kind of <laughs> these dating experiences? Has it kind of influenced what you decide that your guys are going to talk about and what you're choosing to share? Or what have you kind of learned from going through these experiences? A lot of these experiences that I've had are funny because I have survived them. They're only funny because like in hindsight, it can be like, well, wasn't that fucking ridiculous? Yeah. But like at the also time. traumatic at the time. Oh yeah. But completely traumatic at the time. But like, haha, funny now. Um, like there's, <laughs> there's been some really weird ones. I went on a date with a racist guy who took an hour and a half to answer, who to ask me one question about myself. We'd been in the bar for an hour and a half. Oh. And he was like, so where are you from? <laughs> and I was like, did you not read my profile? Oh. And he was like, nah. I just saw your face and I thought, you know, you're cute. Which is like the equivalent of, <laughs> she'll do. <laughs> yes. Um, and then he invited himself back to my apartment. And these are the things that are now funny. is because at the time I didn't know how to say no. And I was like, yes. this man who's a big not that it matters where he's from, but he's like, because it, it just gives you a bit of picture. He's from South Africa. He's like big, six foot something. Got big like, yeah. Rugby dudes there, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, so are we going back to yours then? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then we went back to my house and we were watching some sort of comedy special. I don't really remember how. And he starts cracking like racist jokes. And I'm like, Okay, and again, at that point, I didn't know how to call him out because I'm like, this man's in my house. Yes. I don't want to like oh, do so anything to like provoke him. Yes. I don't like, want to be like, can you get the fuck out? Um, and he's like, do you have any drinks? And I was like, I have some Qingdao in the fridge. Do you want some? <laughs> and he was like, nah, it's for pussies. And he pulls out, <laughs> he pulls out a thing of Captain Morgan from his bag. What? And a, he's like, do you have any mixes? I'm like, No. Unless you want to mix it with like beer. Yeah. Um, and he pulls out a bottle of Coke. Oh. And he's like, Do you have a glass? So I get him a glass. He's like, Do you want some? And I'm like, Yeah, sure. And he's like, Get two glasses then. <laughs> and he pours both of us a single measure, mixes in the Coke, puts the rum back in his bag. <laughs> and I was like, Puts the rum. No. He put the rum what? back in his bag. What a weird. Flabbergasted. So he just weird. carries this around with him, like. Very presumptuous. Yeah, very presumptuous. And don't, and don't be a cheapskate. Don't pour one glass and then put the bottle back Literally. in the bag. <laughs> like, like, I could have put nice. it in the fridge. You yeah. could have just left it on the table, but now nah, I put it back in the bag, so I can't pretty, just... You know, I'm pretty sure he's not, like, you know, earning... Well, I think he knew at that point I wasn't going to fuck him. So he's like, I'm not well, going to gonna give... I'm not going to save my Captain Morgan, my well-earned yeah. Captain Morgan on me. <laughs> not even oh. the good Captain Morgan. Oh, oh my God. But that's so presumptuous, first of all. And then, yeah. like, yeah, I can totally understand that fear and, and saying no. Like, yeah. I know I've been in situations as well. Yeah. And you're like, what do I do? Like, I'm uncomfortable, but I don't know what to say to yeah. get this person So you just kind of go leave. along with it. because and You're trying to be accommodating. You're trying to be nice. Yeah, because there is this societal pressure upon women to be, like, accommodating for men. And you, 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 you're programmed to be polite and... Like, it got to a point where I was kind of like, okay, I got to go to work tomorrow. This is when I was working weekends. And I was like, I got to go to work tomorrow. I'm so sorry. And then he like stood up 
and he went in for a kiss and I was like hmm, that was the point I was like no thank you no. <laughs> and he was like okay let's do it again sometime and I was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely meanwhile just pulling my door right out. behind me yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and then the next morning just to seal the deal he sent me a racist meme <laughs> He's like, this will win her over. This yeah. Will, this will win. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, I ghosted him. <laughs> so... <laughs> Listen, I complain about being ghosted all the time, but I am equally a piece of shit. But I mean, listen, I feel like that's a good situation to mm. ghost somebody in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh my God, that's nuts though. Yeah. Right? I totally get that. And there's so much pressure that you have to say yes. Yeah. Or I've been on dates where you're like, well, the guy paid for the meal and he paid yeah. the drinks. I kind of feel like, well, I have to owe him like mm-hmm. time I'm spending with him now and yeah. to try to all these weird mind games you play with yourself because you're yeah. like, I think it's, I need to It's so this. deeply ingrained into like people that are socialized as women that like you owe people something for yeah. their time or something that they've done for you. And it's very easy to forget that you don't owe these people shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, no, hundred percent. Yeah. It doesn't matter like what they yeah, what yeah. they bought or what they paid. It, it exactly. Literally doesn't if you don't want to have sex with them, don't have sex with them. Don't have sex with them. Hot fresh take. Yes. Don't fuck anyone you don't want to. <laughs> you I support first. that. I support that. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so can we talk about on your podcast? You recently had two episodes which were fabulous, and it was about fat phobia in China. First of all, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, listen, like after you guys listen to this episode, go and follow from tops to bottoms, listen to their podcast. Yes. It's amazing. And you, you guys talk about so many things. Thank you. That's the thing. You cover so many topics. Um, it's not even just China specific. It's about mm-hmm. all over things. Um, but it's and- very natural. And it's just, you know, it just sounds like you're talking to two mates. You're eavesdropping in on, on yes. two mates just, just having a go. at. Not you know. to like lick my own nipple or anything, but we get that a lot. We get a lot of people that are like, you know, it's just like being with two people in the pub. Just yes. like listening to the conversation. And I really like that a lot. I love that from podcasts. Yes. Yeah. It just so. feels like you're like the third person hanging out with these, yeah. these people. I like that. And chatting. Mm, mm. You so guys thank do you. so well. Really. So enjoy the podcast. Um, and you guys, yeah, you cover so many things. So I feel like there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. But let's kind of narrow in, I guess, for this specific topic. Because in sure. the past for Date Night China, we've done a few episodes and talked about beauty standards in China. Mm-hmm. What it's like, especially living and dating here as a female yeah. expat. And you're Mm -hmm. trying to adapt Mm -hmm. to these kind of beauty standards Mm -hmm. and how does that affect your dating experiences Mm -hmm. so can you kind of introduce to us a little bit about your recent episodes talking about that yeah and your experiences with that here in china so when we talk about fat phobia we did two episodes because because i've been so fat for so long i it's and people get visibly uncomfortable when I say that, which sometimes makes me laugh when I refer to myself as fat. I'm like, yes, I haven't, I know I'm fat, but like there's so much that I've experienced and I could talk about being fat for days, honestly, because there's just so much that to talk about that you get fat phobia from everywhere. It's not specific to China either. It's in the West. It just, I think the scope of fat phobia in China is a lot bigger. Like in our episodes, we talk about fat phobia in the medical profession, um, when you get tattoos. Um, oh God, I can't think now. Like, did I talk about being fat while dating? I don't know if I did. Um, but yeah, there's just like a whole range of places that you get fat phobia from. But what I, kind of strikes me about China the most is that everyone here experiences fat phobia everyone and it's so particular i think it's not even 
specific to China, just say the whole of Asia, like it's so deeply ingrained in everyone that, that fat is disgusting. One thing I did mention is that I get one of two reactions from people normally. One is, oh my God, you're so fat. That's so disgusting. Or I'll get like kind of the older generation that will be like, well, you know, you're, you're kind of chubby. You know, that means you have like a lot of money. So you can have like a lot of food. And I think the fat you are, the more beautiful you are. I do. Yeah, I remember yeah. you guys mentioned that. Yeah. And it was just, I guess the idea that like having money and wealth means yeah, you could prosperity. afford food. It's a, it's a very yeah. old traditional point of view. But I think nowadays, I mean, you've seen the billboards, like people are like, stick thin like you see yeah. people on the streets there's really a trend as well you were we were talking you showed me this video recently from asian vice oh yeah 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 vice about beauty so, standards yeah beauty China. standards and um uh, uh the um the, the sort of stigma of, mm. of not looking or fitting into this sort of this you know quote unquote norm yeah and, and then um, you have like uh, these weird challenges where it's like yeah the weird the challenge, A4 on, paper on the, challenge. yeah i was just gonna say yeah or like there was the the UN bill challenge. You had to wrap it around your wrist, yeah. and if you couldn't, or it had to be double it or something, something crazy. Yeah. yeah. Or just like the abuse. Like there was one story in this documentary. We'll have to put a link to it because it's really good. Uh, were these uh, pop stars, and mm -hmm. and they got they got slated online, and it was nothing about the music. It's because people thought they didn't fit the standard of beauty. You get that with a lot of K-pop bands as well, particularly notice all female K-pop bands, mm. where they're like, oh, this woman has put on so much weight. Yeah. And I look that at her and I'm headline. like, what? Like she's, but um, oh, lost my train of thought a little bit there. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's <laughs> a lot though because there's so many, so many things. So you're talking about beauty standards, not even in China, but across Asia yeah. and how it affects people. I'll tell you what though, China's given me some really thick fucking skin. Like, yeah. because I work with kids as well and kids have absolutely no filter and they repeat mm. a lot of the things that they hear from home. And the amount of kids, I'll be like, wow, you're so fat. And I'm like, yeah, mate. <laughs> and he's like, why are you so fat? And I'm like, I like to eat pizza and cake. Like, what do you want me to say, bro? Do you want my detailed medical history? Right. And he's like, huh, that's really cool. And I'm like, is it? Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this really cool, weird thanks, interaction. Bye. With a child. Yeah. Oh God, it's like, it's taught so young. It's an interesting thing in China as well because it's such a, a blunt and direct Chinese yeah. language, the way that they talk yeah. about it. And they feel so uncomfortable to just openly just call you out on it. You know, yeah. I remember leaving work a few years ago and um, uh, I left work early to go to the gym, you know, mm -hmm. because... Yeah, because I needed to go to the gym. And I came back and my boss was leaving work as I was coming back home. And she was like, oh, where have you been? And I went, oh, you know, just been to the bin, just been to the gym. And she looked at me and she went, is that for your stomach? And I just, <laughs> oh, fuck off. I just, I, just, I just took a moment and because I'm very polite and British, I just looked at her and I just went, yeah, yes, it's, it's for <laughs> yes, the stomach. Yes, it was, yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's for the stomach, yes, that's what I'm working on. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. Typically, like, called out. Oh, yeah. my well, God. Well, even, even after, like, these two months where we, well, I had off. I don't know about you guys still working from home, but I couldn't do any of my classes. So I had two months off where I just, like, laid down and rotted. <laughs> like, I, did, yeah. I could nice do nothing. Chill, it's been a nice chill time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, filled with lots of anxiety, yes. Um, but I, I, I went back this week, and the first thing my co-teacher said to me when I walked in was like, wow, you look skinnier. 
And I was like, can we just have one fucking day where you don't tell me what my body looks like? Yes. <laughs> just yes. one fucking Why day, please. Why is this conversation starting yeah. that we always have? That mm. always confused me. Like, I, anytime, like, when I was teaching university in Hunan, that would always be the thing. It was, like, the first conversation started, like, oh, you've lost a little weight. Your face looks thinner. Or, yeah. oh, you've gained a little weight. Oh. And you're like, oh, God, off. I don't need this daily update from you please, guys. Please, God, leave me yes. alone. <laughs> yes. It's a very, like different thing yeah. being here in China where it's so blunt and direct. Well, I'm kind of like outside of the societal norms for both the West and the the East. So I'm kind of, I've been kind of used to it since I was like a kid from back home. But what, what I wasn't prepared for was for it being like sometimes a barrier. Like I wasn't prepared because it's never been a barrier for me before. Like I'm perfectly mm. able to do things. Um, my first week in China, I was fired from a kindergarten for being too fat. No. no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they they wouldn't say that to me, but I knew that was why. Oh. And like I know anyone kind of listening who is not plus size, isn't like fat, will be like, that sounds fucking crazy. Like if they're just saying like that you're not a good fit for the job and mm. they're saying like, oh, you're not active enough with the kids or you're not doing this. That That's not them firing you because you're fat. But if you're fat and listening to this, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You just you can just tell when someone's like doesn't want to say that it's because you're fat yeah. that they're treating they you differently. You just know, yeah. Excuses or reasons. Yeah, why. and honestly, good. I fucking hated that place, <laughs> but also like that was really upsetting at the time. Like I can look at it now, I can look back and laugh now, and you kind of expect some kindergartens to be like, or some particularly parents. Sometimes parents are the worst. Um, and you're like, I know I'm fat, but I'm still a good teacher. And I went through a phase, like particularly on Tinder as well. I felt like I had to declare that I knew that I was fat or mm. it had to be like a disclaimer, like before we met in person, I'll be like, just so you know, in case you haven't used your eyes, I'm fatter than the normal person. And they'd be like, hmm, okay, this is weird. <laughs> mm. But like, I felt like I had to do that because that to me felt better than getting to meet someone and then being like, you know, when they have that initial kind of like, oh, and you do get that sometimes and I don't like that. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. It's not a good way to start a date. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> have you received anything kind of on the other spectrum of it? Like any fetishizing or things like that? There's such a fine line between like appreciating a body type and fetishization. And some I, there were times where I didn't quite know where I sat on that line. Mm. Um, I've had a lot of people that fetishize my body and people that would message me and be like, oh, I've never fucked a fat chick before. Like, when are we going to fuck? And I'm like, hmm, wow. bye. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, like, because I'm not just like a little bit chubby, like I'm, you know, particularly kind of fat, you would have a lot of people that would be like, I love your body type. I just love it so much. And I think in a respectful way, I like that. Because I, it makes me feel comfortable. Because I'm like, you have eyes, you know what I look like. Um, but people that are like, oh my god, I just love you so much, it makes me feel super uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't even love myself that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. weird to you know accepting compliments as it is, mm. but when it's just a bit too much and a bit excessive, then yeah, that. Yeah. I, I can imagine how that that sort of like that line of like you say like appreciation and fetishization is mm -hmm. just 
easily skipped. It's like, oh, yeah. you've ruined it. Yeah, you've ruined it, honestly. Too far. Too <laughs> and far. some people love to be fetishized, and I will never take that away from them. I just think that's not quite me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And yeah. it's good that you know for yourself that you're like, mm, I'm comfortable with this, and yeah. I'm not comfortable with You can you acknowledge my body things. type and say that you like it, but please don't let that be the only thing that you're attracted yeah. to. Yeah. We, we, we've heard that a lot on the podcast as well from different guests. Mm-hmm. With whatever, you know, however they present, whoever they are, you know, because it's the foreign element. So yeah. any, any aspect of who they are, mm-hmm. like race or color or height yeah. or, you know, like what people imagine the genitalia mm-hmm. might look like, yeah. you know, is is then sort of like seen as like a trophy to get. Yeah. For, or a box to like I, tick off yeah. and I was literally just yes. about to say for a lot of people, I tick two boxes. I'm fat and I'm a foreigner. So they're, they're like, like, wow, yes. ding, ding, bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I would get a lot of like local people who'd be like, who would say to me, like, I've always wanted to like be with a fat girl, like a fat foreign girl, even just a foreign girl. And then like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. um, because a lot of people like see like, they'll see me as good enough to fuck, but not good enough to date or marry or be seen in public with. I think that's the worst part about dating, honestly. Mm. Like I am perfectly now, now I'm happy with myself. Even now still I'm like, I have trouble, troubling times. Um, But like I'm comfortable with myself now, but what hurts the most is like some people who have not done their own work and they're like, well, I'd never be seen in public with you, but like I would take you back to my house and fuck you. And what you have to leave fuck? after about 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. That's awful. Yeah. Some people are like that. And then you feel just like a, like an object. You're like, yeah. well, great. So and I'm some, not even a some person peop- to you. Some people like that. But, like, I don't want to just be used like a flashlight, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Some that's, people are gross. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is yeah, the world we live in yeah. today. Mm. That's awful. That, and that's why I'm not dating men. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard from like other, especially like foreign female expats? I know this is it's a conversation we've talked about. Um, and Nathan would like some more wine. Top them up. Top them <laughs> up. And um, just a, just sorry, a break here, just so we can get more quick refill. Thank you. As well. Go yes. for it. I'm just gonna top you off. It's our time. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> finish the bottle um we've uh yeah we've talked a lot i guess especially to female expats about that kind of thing and how difficult it is and you know we started doing video interviews now Mm. and one of the Mm. questions we ask people is like who has it more difficult dating in china men or women and like it's usually a resounding yes for the women because there are so many things that go into yeah a female expat dating here versus Amen. So what has your experience been to that? And what would your kind of answer be to that? I, for a long time, only tended to like date other foreigners, not necessarily on purpose, but because a lot of local men are very like stagnant. And I know that that kind of came up in your... Oh. Yeah. Ignore that. I'm not going to edit that out. Okay. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Bye. Um, <laughs> I know that's come up in like previous episodes before about how local men are like quite stagnant and how they have this very typical view of what their future, hello, welcome back, oh, what hi. their future wife looks like and what's expected from them. And I don't fit a lot of those standards for people. So mm. I was like, 
I went through a period where I was like, I just want to have fun. I just want to meet other people. I didn't necessarily want to settle down. Yeah. Um, and I do agree that men, women, ha- I know I've just waffled for a little while, but I agree women do have a harder time because <laughs> men are very stagnant sometimes. <laughs> yes. I think that's a hard question as well. It just encompasses so mm-hmm. many things and depending on who you are, where you're coming from. But especially like when I was in a smaller city and kind of dating other Chinese guys or talking, even talking yeah. about their, I know they have a lot of their own pressure to provide for the family. Settle yeah, yeah, down. Yeah. They're very worried about foreign women wanting to take the man away. And that's yeah. just not, you know, the importance of generational you know, mm-hmm. care and stuff in China. Yeah. But then also there's a lot of other stigmas and things about Chinese men looking at foreign women and doing a certain thing. And yeah. they always assumed I was very open or like, mm-hmm. isn't your life like Gossip Girl? You're very rich. You drive a nice car. You have lots Is of money. Is your life like you, Gossip yes, Girl? Fucking like, hell. I was asked that. And they're like, <laughs> and you like just have lots of sex. Like, that's what you do. And I was like. God, isn't that the dream? Right. I was like, I wish. But I don't, you know, I don't check any of those boxes. Damn it. Yeah. I'm just a normal bitch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really an interesting question. Yeah. I think as well, because like for a lot of foreigners, your time here is fleeting. So like mm. a lot of local men don't want to settle down with someone that they think might just leave. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I think there is that that fear there that something will come up at home that you have to go home for yeah. or like you'll just want to bail. Yeah. So. Yeah, 100%. Like I think transient life here. Like mm-hmm. take, a drink, take a drink, transient. Somebody said the word transient. Wait. I've got a new life rule because everybody talks about We all say in, this, yeah. Everybody talks about life in China and the expat experience. And yeah. um, uh, anytime somebody uses the word transient, I drink. That's a good Oh, one. my drinking in would be expiration date. <laughs> I feel like China has an expiration date for a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, Not as common as transient. Oh. I've, I've been paying <laughs> the, attention. The phrasing. Yeah, yeah, because we've been doing, we've upped our interview into take and uh transient is a key word huh. yeah that's that's very go. true i agree that's like, it's kind of like sesame street you know transient. Today, today's episode <laughs> today is sponsored by the word transient. transient i just <laughs> i think there's just so much it's a lot to, to talk about with the female expat experience mm. um do, do you find that it's been um it's like been therapeutic then what like talking that out through the podcast and having a space that is is yours that you have defined and designed thousand percent yes and i'm very aware that i've created a little echo chamber for myself where people are like yeah fat people can date you can do whatever you want and that's nice that's what i want (laughs) isn't that great like it's a supportive community yeah and i i know obviously in the the bigger world that there are a lot of people that hate fat people they hate gay people they hate bisexual people Mm. not in my world though (laughs) yeah but that's good though i read a quote the other day that was kind of like you can create your own reality and not in a delusional way but like you can choose the supportive communities Mm -hmm. or the people around you like we all know the shit, the bad shit happens in the mm-hmm. world, and there are bad people and awful views. Yeah, so like how yeah. How do you how do you construct a really positive environment then for yourself in the middle of all of that? I filter a lot of comments. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I, because I went for a long time not acknowledging the fact that I was fat online because it just kind of welcomed things that I wasn't ready for. It welcomed comments I wasn't ready for. And then very recently I started posting about this new medication that I take and like how I'm actively trying to lose weight, not because I hate my body, but because, you know, there's like health things that I want to take care of. Mm. Um, And it opened the door for a lot of people to be like, wow, you're still fat and ugly. What next? (laughs) And like before, if that had been like a couple of years ago, I'd have been heartbroken. But now because I've had 
two years, this podcast had been running for quite a long time. I've like built myself up and had a long time where no one said like anything horrible about my personal experiences. Like people say things on the street about me being fat and foreign all the time. Who fucking cares? You're a person that doesn't know me. Um, but when people listen to my personal experiences and then they have something to say, that's, it kind of hurts a little bit, Mm. but because I've had so long when no one's really said anything like that, um, it's been really weird to open those gates, um, particularly for that, Mm. for fat phobia. Um, yeah, I feel like so I saw recently weird. in those stories that you you posted a comment or you, you kind of yeah. shared this guy because I was I was like, oh my gosh, I can't remember exactly what he said. Um, was- I could tell you if I wanted to dig through all the screenshots, <laughs> but I have so many Ulama screenshots was- of me translating shit. Um, <laughs> but there's it, he it was something along the lines of, okay, well you can lose weight, but you'll still be ugly and stupid. So what next? And like, Holy ow. Fuck. Yeah, people are bold. People <laughs> like, are assholes online. Though. Yeah, and it's like. Yeah. Also, do you think it's like the the screen of like, well, I'm online, I can say whatever I yeah. want? Or do you think he'd probably still be an asshole in person too? Well, I mean, probably. underneath the thread of of comments where I was like, okay, mate, thank you. <laughs> you sound like quite the conversationalist. He posted his phone number and he was like, call me. No. Call me then. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. This is, this is him flirting. Yeah, honestly. Oh. And he was like, oh, by the way, it's plus da 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 for Australia. And I was like, get Mate, do you have any idea how expensive it is to call Australia? No call thanks. Oh I'm not topping up my Skype balance for this. <laughs> this is like a like a really weird and perverse, like you've got mail. Yeah. Like, just like a really shit version. If yeah. I wanted someone to call me fat, I'd call me ma. <laughs> <laughs> but also like, you know, this hopefully, I mean, we think that with the podcast and what we talk about, hopefully it's just a point of, um, education as well, because sometimes there is mm. that ignorance there, right? Because mm-hmm. of the culture and society and just how things are over here. And maybe you think naively, maybe all you need is just a conversation or you need to put an article out with yeah. somebody's different point of view, or you need to hear mm-hmm. these stories from different people just so you realize that it's not so like other, yeah. you know, like yeah. we're all the sort of the same yeah. you know, with foreigners. It's hard to do over here. It's such an uphill battle. Like, yeah. trying to get people to see that you're not just like this fat piece of shit, <laughs> you know? And I know that sounds... Sorry, I just hiccuping from the wine. <laughs> um, and I know that sounds, like, drastic, but it really is. It's like an uphill battle. And it just feels like you're screaming into the void sometimes. Mm. And I know, obviously, you've had a lot of various guests and you're trying to put out all these different viewpoints. It's not just for, like, fat people. Like, it's for gay people. It's for people that are non-binary. It's it's a lot of people that are outside the norms. Mm. So, and because a lot of people here are, maybe not so much now, but there still are, there still is this big community of people that are very, very close-minded. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, with the episodes that we do and the stuff, you know, the stuff that we try and put out there, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know whether you're just preaching to the converted already and people that yeah. like it would have liked it anyway or yeah. a similar topic. And and you don't know how many people are really swayed and think, oh, you know, that mm-hmm. episode really made me think or actually yeah. I need to reevaluate some of my values. But it, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to gauge. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you were going to do it for like counting the numbers on how yeah. many converts you made. Yeah. I, I don't think you'd have a fun time doing any of this. I stuff. think particularly with fat phobia as well. It's like a very slow, like chipping away because the thing with fat phobia is it's in every community. Mm. It's in the LGBTQ community. It's in any other queer community. It's 
everywhere. Like everyone from day one is socialized to to feel like they have to fit in this normal, which is typically like slim, slender, fit, healthy. It doesn't make you any lesser if you are not fit and healthy. Mm. Like fat people can be healthy. Fat people can be unhealthy. That doesn't mean we're not deserving of the same respect. Mm. Um, And I think that everyone is fat phobic, whether you like it or not everyone's fat phobic. I'm fat phobic. I have a lot of internal fat, internalized fat phobia that I deal with all of the time. Sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> you know? And I think a lot of people do that. And people are like, I just wish I could be slimmer. I just wish I could lose 10 pounds. Yeah. Um, or like I went through a phase and it it's not my proudest moment, but like you look at someone else on the street and this was when I was a teenager. You look at someone else on the street, you think, God, thank God I'm not as fat as this person. Mm. And that's fucking horrible. I would never think that about someone now. Mm. And I think that that's because I've spent so much time thinking about it myself. And I know that that was a long, hard journey that I was prepared to do. A lot of people are not prepared to do that journey. So it yeah. just, sometimes you, you, you really got to shove it down the throat. <laughs> yeah, you're that's it. It's so it. deeply mm-hmm. ingrained like, into I, society yeah. and culture. And, and it's I exhausting, look, honestly. It is exhausting. <laughs> and I look at stuff and like, you know, like I admire... You know, like, you know, I'm massively into comic books. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I see those superheroes brought to life on screen. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like, I dream of looking like that, you know, with a you know, yeah. six-pack and chiseled body and stuff. And then you're just reminded that it's like, oh, yeah, that is definitely not me. Yeah. You know, but that's what you're told that that's it's what It's like this goal like. that you have to aim for. Yeah. And I hate to bring capitalism into this, but, like, it's reasons for people to go to the gym, to buy diet products. Spend the money. To spend that money thing. on making yeah. yourself this ultimate version of yourself. But the ultimate version of yourself is a version of you that you love. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, this person with big chiseled abs. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm actually reading a book right now about, like, uh, like attachments and, like, the idea of letting go of certain attachments of yeah. identity. And it's, you know, one of the things is what you just said about being in love with the person who you are right now and yeah. that being imperfect rather than trying to mm. love a perfect self because that's yeah. not real, you know? Yeah, a lot of people are, like, like in love with the potential that they have Mm. but like you could never live up to this goal that you have for yourself like one thing that my therapist taught me is she's like (laughs) (laughs) if you set all of these ridiculously high goals for yourself you're just gonna make yourself fucking miserable all the time like just enjoy the time that you have you don't know how long that's gonna be and i don't want to be like "Hmm, we only have one life just live it but like don't spend yeah yeah, but don't spend all of your time making yourself fucking miserable and hating the body that you live in like it's hard i get it i'm not gonna take that away from anyone but like try (laughs) just try and make peace with the even if you don't love yourself you can be neutral about yourself be like this is the vessel yeah, that i have i've seen a lot more out there about like you know instead of like body positivity why don't we just like have body neutrality yeah like, you don't have to have this crazy like i love myself all the time yeah, because no one does that's impossible yeah no yeah. one loves themselves all the time no. but if you can make peace with the body that you have learn how to take care of it both mentally and physically and nourish what you have your time's going to be so much more pleasant here honestly yeah 100 percent. so so coming from that and this is a, it's a long ongoing journey i know mm-hmm. and with all of us with our own body positivity and all of those things our body just 
figuring things out for yourself. Um, have you had some positive experiences dating in China or have any positive community experiences here where you found people that are like, yes, these are like-minded people. This is, this is a good tribe. Um, I think it was mostly when I started meeting people from the kink community and the queer community that I really just kind of like let go. And I was like, do you know what? These people don't care what I look like. And that again was a really nice environment to foster myself in. Um, so yeah, that was really nice. I had very positive experiences with both the kink and queer community um, because everyone there is very, very diverse. And a lot of people are from very different cultures there as well. There's South Africans, there's Americans, there's British people. There's there's lots of people in those communities. So it was very nice to yeah, and those, integrate and, myself there. And, and that's what we will be publishing also on the videos that we're doing. You know, the recent interviews that we've had, mm-hmm. the the just the the huge positivity and, and the... Um, what people have to say about the communities that you can build in China. Yeah. In, in, no matter what city you're in, you can find people mm-hmm. that are really mm-hmm. um, there for you. you yeah. Know? And, and I think that's the beautiful thing about China yeah. is that you can find communities. And if mm-hmm. there's not a community, yeah. you can build one. Yeah. And I think that it, within the communities that there are, there are a lot of people that will not be your people. A lot of people that mm. are that have toxic behaviors, have things that you might not agree with. However, within those communities, you will find like, little gems you will find people that you'll enjoy so much because my circle's very very small i'm very selective about who i hang out with not to be like oh well, well you're, you're a podcast yeah. presenter so oh you, yes don't, you know. don't be hanging out with the riffraff oh absolutely not yes, absolutely oh. isn't it great isn't it wonderful having a podcast more wine please <laughs> cheers cheers yes chin <laughs> what were we talking about? As we all take a drink. Who fucking knows, honestly? You're small, you're small uh, social but circle. But it's like quality, yeah, 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 there quality, we go. <laughs> quality over quantity. Yeah, though. You it know, is. it's finding good people that you're like, yes. Yeah, I also don't like to make too many friends, as I mentioned just before we start recording, because everyone fucking leaves. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things with moving abroad. Everybody leaves. Everybody leaves. <laughs> They're leaving. Yeah. You, you know, like the old, the, um, the long timers have been in China for a while. Like yeah. when you start talking about how down you are, that your friends are leaving, they'll always come in with like, oh yeah, I'm on like my third cycle of friends. You know what I mean? Like, like they, that's exhausting. Honestly, yeah. you pour so much time and emotional energy yes. into these people and then they fuck off to the other side of the world yes. and you're like, thanks bitch. <laughs> start all over. Yeah. yeah. The, the, we had, I had a conversation with somebody on the phone yesterday who's going to come on to a later episode, but he was just like, yeah, I've on my, I'm on my third wave of friends now and I'm too Ugh. tired to make new friends. Like, you mean I, just, I have I'm to so do the, tired. I have to do the small talk all yes. over again. Like, so what start. weird shit are you into? <laughs> come on, just cut just to the chase, cut to the chase please. What it. can we bond over here? Yes. Yes. You're like, I'm tired of the same old, same old. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah. 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 Mm. I love it, though. I do love it here. You meet yeah. so many different people. I do love it. It is really good. I think that's why... I, it, that's I bitch thing, and like, bitch about it, yes. but I love it. That's why we've all stayed so long, yeah. though. You know, like, yeah, we have the option. We could just go home. But also, you know, there are a lot of positive things and things yeah. that we do enjoy about China. Yeah. And the people, the communities, the experiences. There are some negatives. There are some positives. Oh, and there's just, hella negatives, but there's a lot of positives. That's just the thing, I guess, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, that is the mix. Um, so if you had any advice you would share then... Um, for people living in China or coming to terms with with 
what we were talking about, body neutrality or anything like that, or specifically Yeah, trying female, to find peace with it and mm, date. Yeah, female you know. expats Surround well. yourself with people that love you. Like, just... I grew so much when I surrounded myself that, with people that loved me no matter what. Not unconditionally, because all love has conditions, um, but people that would love me no matter what I was sort of going through, people that would support me through that. And I think it's very important that you have that circle of friends no matter how big no matter how small it is even if it's just one person that knows the shit you're going through don't do it alone because this place can be so isolating at the best of times Mm. and if you're really going through it if you're coming to terms with like your sexuality that is so hard to do by yourself yeah and and you know we've seen that exacerbated because of the pandemic yeah and the isolation and the quarantine and the god everyone's the gay and feral after the the quarantine yeah. i love it gay i love feral. it gay, gay and feral, feral. honestly <laughs> i came out as bisexual during the quarantine like i knew i was like queer before that but that was when i truly sat down and was like hmm, okay let's tell my parents because otherwise they're gonna hear about it on the podcast and pff, i don't oh, want do that your parents listen to the podcast and they they listen to some of them i do tend to give them warnings and be like hmm, maybe don't listen to this one if you don't want to hear about a breeding kink please <laughs> oh well i don't i don't let my That's i don't amazing. i don't think my parents have listened to the podcast i'm not asking they'd probably to be so polite and not tell you though. they wouldn't tell me my, I don't, I don't my mom would. listened to our first episode mm-hmm. i hope you're not listening to this mom anymore but like she hi listened- rachel's mom i hope you're listening <laughs> She, it was like bef- it was, that was a bit our very first episode though <laughs> and brutal. it was before Nathan and I were dating and we would just get shit faced we were just drinking and having fun though it was yeah. really fun banter but like later Nathan and I started dating and that was when she chose to go back and listen to episode one of oh. before we were dating oh no and she was like <laughs> Don't judge me on those. What? Who is this guy? <laughs> Who is this man that yes! you have chosen? Yes! Oh my God. Really, I can't even. It frightened her a bit. Yeah. But mm. she's, I mean, she's fine now. I just wish I had told her like explicitly, don't listen to this. I mean, yeah, none yeah, of yeah. us are getting careers in politics. Thank God. So, <laughs> God no, bless. It, I don't think, I don't think these are going to end our careers. I don't no. think. No. Yeah. such words. Oh God, yeah. please. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's the, I think it's different with parents though. You're kind of like, mm, but it's great that you opened up and mm. you talked to them about it. How did yeah. they take it? Were they kind of... Oh, well, yeah. I came out over a house party call. Remember house party? I got my whole family on house party. I told my sisters the night before and I was like, hmm, how do you think they're going to take it? Except I sound cool saying it now. <laughs> I was having... I was tears streaming down my face like, do you think I'm going to be okay? And they were like, yes. <laughs> and then um, I got them all at a house party call and came out <laughs> and they were like... Okay, okay, cool. What do you want to say? Like, yeah. Cool, are we going to play bingo or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah. I thought we were all here for a game, not for tears, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Wow, way yeah. to make it all about you. Yeah, okay. literally. <laughs> uh, that's some good energy, though. That's yeah. some good energy. So that's how that went down. <laughs> wow. 2020 was a good, like, interesting nuts. year for you. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. So do you have any other um, questions? I think that's, I think all I want to tell people is to check out the podcast. Yeah, because, me too. Yeah, please know, do. From yeah. top to bottom is hilarious. And yeah. it's, Thank you again. It's, it's a riot. So yeah. please where, where can people find your podcast and where yeah, can people find your socials and everything? <clears throat> if you want to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> um, no, our handles are at from tops to bottoms on Instagram. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the usual streaming platforms. Um, 
yeah, you can follow me and Samantha in BJ. Um, Cassie also does some really great sex education she work. Does. She's training to I'm, be a nurse. Yes, she has some really Makes cool it stuff, a yes. nightmare for recording, <laughs> but she's doing great, amazing work. Um, and hers is at radicallove.co.uk. Oh man, that was an excellent plug. And hello to Cassie. We've not said hello to yeah, Cassie. No. Hi, Cassie. Thanks for sticking through the episode. I hope you've not skipped through. Please. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Go follow them. Go check them out. They're amazing. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, bye. 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 <laughs>